Hey, it's Michelle Siraki with Pitbull Advocates of America, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that this inspires you and challenges you, and I hope that it equips you to attach action to your advocacy. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, this is Michelle Siraki, and I am here with my partner in crime, Victoria Holfeld. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I am fine. I'm fine. We're on take number 172 of your first podcast. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I don't know how many times I've said, hey, this is my first podcast. I know. Well, that's why we took it out of this take. So we'll see. We've technically already recorded a different podcast. We have, um, yes. But we did record this episode a billion times Mm -hmm. and have thrown it away a billion times. Starting from scratch. Exactly. Yeah. And that's because we love all of you so much (laughs) and we don't want to make you listen to crap. Hopefully, moving forward, as you're listening right now, you're not like, well, this is still not great. (laughs) This is still crap. (laughs) This is is still not good. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the one with the foundation, and that's kind of self-explanatory, I think. It's only our second episode, and we want to introduce you all to a couple of kind of housekeeping-ish things today. So we hear a lot of renditions of the history of dogs that are looked at as pit bulls Mm -hmm. and that changes and is different and is all over the place. Yeah, I mean, Google history of pit bull type dogs and you get a hundred different answers. Right. And it varies between organizations too. Right. Yeah, it really does. And so is ours foolproof is ours perfect is is ours absolutely the truth of truths i don't know but we weren't there right we weren't there that yeah exactly so other than finding a time machine that works and going back and seeing what it was really like the research that we've done as accurate and as truthful as what we're going to be able to 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 tell tell you all yeah so we're going to do that and then the other thing that we're going to do today is kind of dive into the foundation of the organization's advocacy yeah. strategy yep. and, you know, give you a starting point so that as these episodes drop, you can kind of see how we're building on to this foundation. Yeah, we're going to build a nice little house. We are an advocacy, a strong, solid advocacy structure super excited about it. I know. I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about this whole podcast. So let's lay the foundation, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. So we're going to start with the history. Yep. And we're going to breeze through this. So pay attention, people. (laughs) It's going to go quick. Like I said earlier, we see so much and hear so much inaccurate history. I was just talking to a kid in a college out in California last week who Mm. really just had it all sorts of turned around and yeah. upside down and it's and easy to do though it's really easy to do yeah. yeah because what do you really believe and what don't you so here's where we're at okay so we're in the early 19th century and a new crossbreed dog has been made from a bulldog and a terrier yep and the ever so creative folks in the early 1800s called the dog the bull and terrier Original. Super original. Mm -hmm. And these dogs were created to be better working dogs on farms, herders, protecting the homesteads. They were not created for dog fighting. Yep. 
That's one big misconception I think mm-hmm. that's out there. And they were also not created to be nannies. No, they were not. <laughs> we're going to do a different episode with that in yeah, there. Didn't happen. But so there's kind of one of the big points, I think, is that people think that these dogs were actually created for dog fighting, but that's not the case. There was originally bear baiting, and then that became too brutal, so it turned into bull baiting, yep. which then eventually at some point turned into dog fighting. But these bull and terrier dogs were some of the dogs that were used in the pits to fight the bulls. Yep. So any dog that was thrown into the pit was known as a pit bull. It could have been a mastiff. It could have been a husky. It could have been a bull and terrier. It could have been whatever. But bull and terriers got thrown into the pits more often because they happened to be kind of good at fighting these bulls, sad as that is. So any of the dogs, though, that were used for bull baiting became known as pit bulls it did eventually become too brutal and so that's when they started to pit dogs against dogs and unfortunately it seems like society has never really realized that that is as well too brutal which is just which is also another podcast and is a sad podcast but um, one that we're going to need to talk about sure and so we will so the breed was known as the bull and terrier until around the 20th century and then in the 20th century when the akc and the ukc were concocted and formed we come up with throughout various times in history but we come up with the american pitbull terrier the american staffordshire terrier and the staffordshire bull terrier yep those are really the three original Mm -hmm. breeds actual breeds of dog Mm -hmm. that this nickname of pitbull really grabbed onto and that really stuck we did add in some some folks have definitely added in a fourth breed right just yep. a few years ago right around 2013 yeah which is the american bully mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter i don't feel like in the grand scheme of things anymore i think sometimes as advocates we get a little hung up on this we do and that's why we're not going to get hung up on it right. today but we definitely just wanted to kind of put our version of history as we've researched it and let you all know where we're at. So for about 150 years, pit bulls were just loved for who they were and no one took issue with the dogs or with their nickname. They were wildly popular. They were owned by poets and presidents and writers and actors and all kinds of things. It was a different time back then. It was a really different time. There was no media. Animals were expected to behave like animals. Yeah. And the population of dogs known as pit bulls was such a small segment of the entire population of dogs back in the early 1900s. And there really wasn't any widespread panic, fear, anything attached to this. Nothing attached to that at all. And then everything 
changed. Then everything really started changing. The media really started to grow and grow. And discrimination in our country really started to grow and grow. Unfortunately. Oh, super unfortunately. And and discrimination against all different types of things, really, especially then with media, became widely known. Mm -hmm. Which leads to fear. Which leads to a lot of fear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people were afraid of different races of people. People were afraid of women doing too much. People were afraid of certain types of dogs. And the dog fear really didn't even start with Pitbull type dogs. Right. You know, it, yeah. it really started a long time ago with German Shepherds and with Dobermans and then with Rottweilers. But then the internet kind of really got into it as well. And Pitbulls started reproducing like crazy as they became more popular in some communities where we really didn't need them to become popular. Sure. They make enormous litters. Yes, they do. Comparatively to right. anything else out there. I mean, an average pit bull litter is usually nine to 12 puppies. I have seen litters of up to 16. Yeah. I think that's, that's the lot. highest that I've ever personally known about. I don't know that I've ever seen a litter of pitties less than nine. Yeah. I, I don't know. think. So what, where we go from the early 20th century to the late 20th century is such a huge difference And pitbulls are now in the late 20th century. So we're Mm -hmm. talking, you know, late 90s, whatever. Super duper huge segment of the population, which is incredibly different, too, from being, you know, just a small part of it. So here we are. We have this nickname of pitbull. We had these three breeds of pitbull. So much confusion has set in now really since the 90s yeah so because now we've got breeds that were originally given this nickname and then we've got mixes of those breeds and then we got things that look like those breeds and then we got things that are mixed up with things that look like those breeds it's really confusing and it's really concerning because all of those dogs are going to be called pitbulls today. Yep. They're going to be called pitbulls by families, by advocates, by legislators, by insurance companies, by rental property owners, everybody that really isn't in, isn't in animal welfare. Yeah. Everybody is going to refer to these dogs as air quotes pitbulls. Right. And here's a little side note too. Sometimes in animal welfare, and a lot of the folks that are listening right now are probably in some form of animal welfare or Mm. are really aware of it. Sometimes we feel like this is a big community. But when you really look at the animal welfare community, it's not. Right. In the entire population of our country. Yeah. Animal welfare is not a large, like knowledge of animal welfare is not a large segment of the population. I remember originally when I got Capone in 2002, I was what I would consider to be kind of a normal American. (laughs) Don't look at me like I'm not normal. (laughs) I was way more sane back then. Okay. (laughs) I was way more sane back then. But I was just this, you know, 20 something person who I had no idea that there was an overpopulation problem. I hadn't ever stepped foot in a shelter. I didn't know about Adopt, Don't Shop. I didn't know about all the different problems 
that pretty much every animal on the planet is going through, Mm -hmm. um, even back then. So I didn't know about about any of that. I wasn't part of the animal welfare community yet or the rescue community. So I just wanted to take this moment and just do this little sidebar because I think that sometimes we forget as advocates that there's the majority of people out there that have no idea that there's a problem. They don't know that we don't need to be breeding anything anymore right right now. They don't know anything that has to do with this. And I think that that is super important. Yeah, a majority of people don't know what we know, period, the end. They just don't. So it's our job as advocates to educate them. Right. So my point, though, I'm going to bring it around. My Mm -hmm. point, though, was that sometimes in the last couple of decades, we've been wanting to rebrand Right. This nickname of Pitbull. And we, we've we been trying to call them different things, easy things like pit mixes or bully breeds, blocky-headed dogs, Pibbles, your favorite. Velvet hippos. <laughs> Velvet hippos. I love it. Yeah. I mean, all in this effort to rebrand this nickname that was loved for 150 years and now it's just, it's such an ugly, negative term. And so... There's been this big rebranding effort. And I get that, except that if we think about the millions of people that are not in our animal welfare world that just don't get it, they look at these dogs in the same way that they look at a lab and they call it a lab and they look at a German shepherd and they call it a German shepherd. They look at a dog that looks a certain way Mm -hmm. and they call it a pit bull. And that's not going to be going away no anytime soon no we can't rebrand it's no it's it's not effective it's not gonna i don't think it's effective for long-term change i love some of the things that i mean like yes velvet hippos is adorable it is you know we named a dog sir smiley monkey chunky monkey chunky monkey pants chunky monkey pants he had to be wearing pants yeah, he, he was a pants dog. Yeah. There are certain pants. We could have a different episode yeah. about. A beefy, stocky, pit bull looking type dog. Right. And we gave him a million brands. Yeah, we did. You know, yeah. like we gave him a million different things and a million different names. But I think that long term. And so part of this foundation of Pitbull Advocates of America is that society isn't going to let go Pitbull. Right. Americans love labels. We cling to our labels. Yes, we do. And we're not going to let that go. And the majority of people not in animal welfare that don't have a clue, it's just a dog and it looks like a pit bull and that's what it is going to be. Right. So we really feel like we need to rehabilitate pit bull. The words. Yeah. The words. Right. That nickname. That name. That name, that umbrella term for Mm -hmm. all of these dogs. We need to rehabilitate it so that we can reduce the negative stigma that's associated with those words. And then if we can do that, that is in turn going to reduce the fear surrounding the words. And then that in turn is going to be able to reduce the legislation and the lawsuits that are surrounding things known as pipples. And that is how we eventually reduce the discrimination that is attached to this label. Yeah, they all go together and they all work wonderfully together too. Right, it flows yeah. beautifully. If you think of it like as waves crashing right. toward 
the beach. The first wave of reducing the negative stigma goes into the second wave of reducing fear, goes into the next wave of reducing legislation and lawsuits and lands at the beach with reduced discrimination. Which is really the goal here is reduced discrimination. Oh my gosh, right. But we we have to work backwards from the original goal to try to create good building blocks Mm -hmm. so that we can get there. I think sometimes too, we get so excited and, and so anxious about wanting to make this big change. And so we just try and do like the easiest thing possible to reduce discrimination. So we're just going to call it a velvet hippo and we don't want right. people to who could possibly discriminate against a velvet hippo. Well, nobody, still a pit bull, right, no, nobody except that most people aren't going to have a clue because the only people that use that nickname are in animal welfare, are right. in rescue, are in the land of pit bull. So that is we feel like that's just so important. It might not be what you have believed thus far Mm -hmm. and we appreciate you tuning in and we appreciate you listening and we appreciate you opening up your mind and maybe considering something that you haven't considered before we are not taking it away anything from the rebranders right not at all we're all about coming together and doing all different types of advocacy Mm -hmm. the thing is is that the more consistent our approach right as a country of advocates Mm -hmm. The more we're going to get done. Right. And the more it's going to be really solid and it's going to stick and it's going to make really sustainable long term, long term change. Yep. Yeah. We're we're here for the long game. We are not here to make quick fixes. Their bad nickname didn't happen overnight. Change is not going to happen overnight. No, it's not at all. And if you are new to advocacy, don't be discouraged by that. Because, you know, so I've only been doing advocacy for not even 20 years and we've definitely made change and we've definitely made great strides, but we do still have a long way to go. And it's a marathon. Right. It's a marathon. And so. So we're here for the long game and we're here to help you guys get through the long game, too. Right. And we want to be in it with you. Absolutely. Yeah. We want to be in it with you. When we're with our goal of reducing discrimination, Mm -hmm. that's our our overall goal. And with the steps to that being, again, to reduce the negative stigma associated with Pitbull, which reduces the fear, which reduces the legislation and the lawsuits, which gets us to our end game of reducing discrimination. Where does this all start? In our opinion, I think the foundation of rehabilitation here is creating communities that value dogs as companions. I think that we kind of have to start there and recognize that as owners and as pet parents, it really starts with all of us who have and who choose to have these blocky headed dogs in our lives. Absolutely. And I think it's a great foundation anyway because we want communities to value all of the dogs. Right. You know, so we don't really care what kind of dog is in that community, but we know statistically that Mm -hmm. most communities have a whole bunch of dogs that are perceived as pit bulls in them. So this is the concrete, right? So we we were talking about this this massive, awesome, shiny structure that we're going to build. And so this is the concrete, right? This is where we start. This is the foundation. And then we build up from here, from creating communities that value dogs as companions, with strategic advocacy aimed at pit bull type dogs and their owners. And then we let it spill over into whatever and whoever. Yeah. It doesn't really 
matter. Mm-hmm. But that's as pitbull advocates of America. That is what we want to share with you through everything we do, through this podcast, through our advocacy campaigns, through our website, through our seminars eventually when when we can meet yeah. again and, and have seminars. All of that is going to be really strategic advocacy mm-hmm. that we want to show you. So we're really baiting you right now yeah. into needing to listen to upcoming episodes. Come back. Yeah, please, please come back and listen because... So we're laying this concrete foundation, but mm-hmm. what we want to give you from week to week to week are these bricks of our strategic advocacy. Yep. And that's how we want to build better advocacy through better advocates yep. mm-hmm. and build advocacy that's solid and that's rooted in community and that's rooted in compassion in picturing this structure that's indestructible. Yeah. You know, that's so solid. Yeah. We don't believe in advocating through hate or through negativity or through name calling or defensiveness or anything like that. We're going to take a deep dive into that and how we should advocate moving forward. But I think that you have a fantastic analogy of some advocacy strategies and how they've worked and how that kind of compares in the Three Little Pigs story. I love that you are saying now that you think it's great because I remember when you first saw that I wanted to put the Three Little Pigs into this episode and you looked at me like... (laughs) what in the world there was no context though in my defense i was like three little pigs we're talking about pit bulls and piggies today okay Mm -hmm. i can roll with it but what two of my favorite things though i know so So cute seriously yeah i I love little pigs and big pigs and any other pig in between i love you all equally so much But yeah, I mean, I can't help but think about it in that way, because I feel like we all know the story of the three little pigs Mm -hmm. and they were trying to get away from the big bad wolf, which we're going to call discrimination here. And so there was one little pig that started building his place with straw and there was another little pig that built his place with sticks. And then there was the third pig that built his place with with bricks and we kind of know how that all right came down the pipe so for us building with straw advocating with straw is going to be hate yep it's gonna be hate negativity easily knocked down it doesn't work no it never works and if it works for a second or something but when we're arguing with people when we're bullying people for bullying us Man, if we yeah. think about that for just a second, know. we know that it's wrong. It, absolutely. Yeah, we know that even if it did work, it's not right. Right. It's not what we should be doing. No. So, yeah. So straw is really hate and negativity yeah. and defensiveness. Yeah. It, it doesn't build long-term change. It doesn't build a solid structure at all. No. Discrimination is going to come and knock it down. <laughs> yes, it is. In a second. Right. They're going to come and knock it down in a second. So then we move on to sticks. Yep. Just right? a little better, not much. Right. It's a little bit better. Right. It's going to take discrimination a little bit longer to knock down our stick structure. But that is knowledge, but coupled with hate. Yeah. Still coupled with negativity. Hate's still there. It hangs yeah, on. It does. It Because it's so easy. That's like your yes. favorite thing to say. It is. Yeah. yeah. And it's so incredibly true. It's so much easier 
to be defensive and to be grumpy Mm -hmm. and to not keep your emotions in check and to just spout off the first thing that bubbles up from the bottom of your stomach when you're so upset. It is. It's easy. And then you got a little bit of knowledge mixed in there. So you're like, oh, you're like, yeah, you're like, but what I'm yelling at you is facts mixed with some some swear words and, and, you know, discrimination still going to come and knock it down, though. It's not effective change. No, no, because it doesn't open people up to really considering change. So that's the thing. We can't open people's minds and open up their hearts with hate and negativity. Never. Even when we couple it with knowledge. Right. We still can't. So what do we do? What do we do, little pigs? What do we do? We go grab bricks. We lay this foundation, this concrete foundation of creating communities that value dogs as companions. And then we grab strong, beautiful bricks and we put that on top of the foundation and we build an indestructible advocacy structure that no amount of discrimination is ever going to be able to knock down. And that is love plus knowledge. Ding, 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 ding. Winning combination. Right, right. Here we go. Whoa, whoa. That's awesome. Look at our first sound effect. How fun is that? How fun is that? Oh my gosh, I love it. Um, Yeah, that is the winning combination. Mm -hmm. So love looks like a lot of different things. It looks like kindness. It looks like compassion. It looks like empathy. It looks like patience. Oh gosh, yeah. It looks like patience and and gentleness. And Mm -hmm. it, it looks like all of these different things. And when we put that together with knowledge, we have got the strongest, most awesome, effective advocacy strategy out there and that big bad wolf of discrimination yep. is going to become asthmatic trying to blow yeah. this thing over it's yep. not going to happen because the love and the knowledge and like the patience that you're talking yeah. about and the compassion that causes people to stop in their tracks yep. and think about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for next week's episode. So the next episode, I shouldn't necessarily say next week because it might not even be a right, week away, yeah. is the one with the first brick. I'm super excited about this. We had such a blast recording this episode. It was so easy to record. Because it's like our hearts were on <laughs> right. fire yeah. with this passion right. for this strategy that we personally mm-hmm. have seen be so effective and so strong right. and so indestructible for years and years and years already. Yeah. Like, I, I can't wait for them to hear it. No, I'm I know. So excited. I can't wait either. And then for us to go forward and dive into a bunch of those different right. things too and just brick by brick by brick just build up this amazing, amazing structure. Yeah. So that's where we're going to start. That's where the foundation of this podcast, the foundation of this organization, this is where we're beginning with a concrete slab of communities that value dogs as companions. And I'm not saying communities that value their dogs. Right. Yep. I'm not saying that people need to value their dogs as companions. Do I think that? Sure. But we don't want to get confused here or have someone that's maybe in a defensive mind space that when we say communities that value dogs as companions, we're talking about communities that value all dogs as companions, not necessarily saying 
so-and-so doesn't value their dog. Because they're not vaccinated or because they're not spayed and neutered. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the woman down the street, right, who has a chihuahua. Right. But she supports breed-specific legislation. Yeah. What are we going to do as advocates to help change her mind, to help open up her mind, really, um, to value all dogs as companions? I think that's really what we're talking about here. We had a hard time defining this a while ago. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, funny enough, it's like, oh, what do we want? We want communities that value dogs as companions. But then I think originally when you and I were talking about this, you heard the word there in there. You heard communities that value their dogs as companions. Mm -hmm. And you were like, well, that can look really different to different people. And I don't want anyone to think that we're suggesting so-and-so doesn't value their dog and so-and-so does. But that's, yeah, that's not it. It's communities as a whole looking at dogs as individuals and valuing them as companions in our communities. Because that would make it really hard for someone to move forward on backing something like breed-specific legislation or insurance discrimination or whatever when they're able to value these animals as a whole in population. Right. You know, it's funny because personally, this is a little aside, personally, I would love to see communities that value animals yeah, I know. As companions. Ugh. That's a whole different podcast, and I don't want to lose our listener base. I know. It's a whole uh, different organization. It is a whole different organization. <laughs> I could start like six organizations. Do it. I know, right? <laughs> and I wouldn't be good at any of them because I could barely focus on this one organization right. with my ADD. But we feel like that foundation, though, is really solid, and it really yes. pertains then to the hurdles and some of the problems that we have in Pitbull land Mm -hmm. with discrimination and with legislation and with these other problems. Yeah. So in upcoming podcasts, we're going to talk about the bricks to lay on top of this foundation of creating communities that value dogs as companions. We're going to talk about how to advocate and we're going to talk about fear and why that is important to understand on a psychological level. Totally. Um, we're going to talk about also owner support programming. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk about a whole bunch of bricks that we're going to build on this awesome advocacy structure. Yeah. All of our little pigs going to be putting some bricks up. And that big bad wolf of discrimination is not going to come and blow our house down. No. Nope. Not the people Advocates of America house. Right. Hell no. Because it's going to be built on love and knowledge. It is. It is. And science. <laughs> and science. We cannot forget about <laughs> and science. And science because I love science. <laughs> and it's a that's the knowledge. I guess right. that's the knowledge. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe I would have loved this podcast even more if I would have said that the bricks were made of love and science. But, you know, but there is some knowledge that isn't scientifically based that's right. different facts and, and different whatnot. But we're trying to get to the beach here. Mm-hmm. For me, figuratively and literally, I would love to to record a podcast on a beach with you. Holy crap, with like a big Mai Tai in my hand or something. (laughs) But just remember why we feel it's so important to rehabilitate 
the the label pit bull because that is going to reduce the negative stigma associated with these dogs, which is going to wave into reducing the fear, which is going to crash into reducing legislation and lawsuits, and which is going to tickle our toes on the beach with Mm -hmm. the water of reduced discrimination. And that, my friends, is where we are trying to go with this thing and are super excited about going there with you we cannot wait for, for small groups to be able to get back together again because yeah. I tell you what, and for for us to be comfortable getting on a plane because we're going to bring our podcasting asses right to your door <laughs> and we're going to talk about this face-to-face, which is which is my favorite thing to do yeah. in the whole wide world. And maybe we'll just meet you on a beach that's yeah, not we will. overly populated. <laughs> We're going to have to meet everyone in like in Kauai, like, you know, in this like I'm totally like remote thing. And Victoria and I are just going to go live in Kauai. Yeah. And then we will invite you five at a time to come and there meet us go. on the beach. I like it. And we will learn about advocating and making more advocates and, and doing better advocacy. Gosh, this dream is just so incredible. It just gets better and better it every does. minute, man. I love it. Holy cow. But instead, we're sitting here in Wisconsin. <laughs> Where, where right now it's 97 degrees. So hot. I'm sweating <laughs> and in with here. The, with the humidity, it's like 112. Oh. You know, people in Arizona that are listening right now are like, shut up. I know. Just shut up. Yeah. Like, you know, but you care. You guys got dry heat. You guys got dry heat. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. Humidity's rough for us. Yeah. But you know what? I would take today over any day in January. I, I really would. I would yeah. take this over any day in January because I would take a heat index over minus 100 and yes wind chill factor yeah. that's where i was trying to go yeah. man winter is so far reserved for my brain right now yeah. i couldn't even remember what i was talking about but i would rather take a heat a heat index over a wind chill factor any day of my life yes and that's why we need to go to Kauai. so okay we're gonna wrap it up we absolutely adore you all so much. Thank you so much. Um, even if it's only six of you listening, we adore all six we of you. We do. Yes, we do. You're our friends and, and we go love you. invite one friend each so that next week we have 12 yes. friends listening to our little fun podcast. You know, Victoria and I are going to listen to it like 20 times, so it doesn't really <laughs> matter because we love it and we're, we're super geeked out about it. So we're going to grab some bricks I thought you were going to say drinks. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, well, we we could probably do that too. Okay, but we're gonna we're gonna grab some bricks though. And we're gonna be yes. laying them out in upcoming episodes, mm-hmm. and um, we're just really excited for that. So thanks mm-hmm. so much for tuning in, you guys. Thank you. We will talk to you again soon. Peace. Peace out. I want to thank you for joining us today. I really hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, tell your friends and family. Click the share button on the app or take a screenshot and put it on your social media. Please consider taking the next step in advocacy, you guys, by visiting the website at pitbulladvocates.org. Order a bumper sticker, start a campaign in your area, or just ask us for help. I want to thank all of you who give financially to keep our mission moving forward. You can give now by simply texting PBAOA to 44321. We always appreciate your generosity. 
Oh, and don't forget to click subscribe. Apparently, that's a really important part of this whole podcasting thing. Thank you all for being part of the solution. And God bless you.